Welcome to Everything, everyone. I am here today with two very special people. First of all, we have, of course, Kelly Patrick, host of The Kelly Patrick Show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Avery. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. And uh, our guest today is AOC's biggest deal constituent, okay? <laughs> All right, host of The Sharp Way, we have Larry Sharp. Thank you for being here. Oh, no. I am so happy to be here. And yes, AOC is, is very happy that I'm one of the constituents. If only she would ever talk to me, it'd be nice. <laughs> you said she knocked on your door last time. Her phone, team right? did knock on my door. That's absolutely true. Sadly, I wasn't here. My wife was, but still, good. I, look, the woman's a hustler. I'll give her that. She will hustle like there's no tomorrow. Number, okay. n- number, uh, props for hustling to get that seat. Well done. Oh, oh I got, I'm sorry. I just had to. You know? <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. I love it. Obviously, I forget myself sometimes, but yes, my name is Avery Razor, as you guys know, uh, and. Yeah, um, we're here today. Okay, Larry, this is your first time being on the show. Um, now, best thing I want to know here, oh, before we get into anything, I want to make sure everybody gets to plug whatever they need to plug. So, Kelly, let's start with you. Whatever tags or groups or things you want to plug up front, let us know what's going on. Sure. The Kelly Patrick Show is an MMA and comedy podcast based in Louisville, Kentucky. Avery is a very frequent guest, as is Larry Sharp. Larry's actually been on, I think it's three times now. So we cover local combat sports, comedy, and occasionally we have a little bit of a libertarian theme to the show. If you're interested in following The Kelly Patrick Show, check out Kelly Patrick on Instagram, The Kelly Patrick Show Facebook group. Get involved. Check it out. Thank you, Avery. No problem. And Larry, where are you at? You know, I am all about the sharp way. That's Larry Sharp with an E at the end because the E makes it special. E stands for entertaining because it is. So check me out in the sharp way show. I do a show almost every single night around 7 p.m. And I talk about mostly culture and politics with a libertarian spin. Okay, Yeah, y'all are both uh, libertarian. Now, this isn't really a political podcast, you know, but, um, I just love that you guys bonded on that and, and, and allowed me to join us. Okay. Hi, you guys. <laughs> Larry, actually, uh, Avery, can, can I ask Larry, Larry, why is it so important to you to engage with people from different political... Uh, sorry, Avery, I'm kind of... Uh, uh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Taking over. But Larry, if it's all right, you ran for governor, I believe, in 2018 of New York. And of course, within the libertarian world, you're a very popular figure. But why is it very important for you to be involved with people from different parties. Because as Avery alluded to during his intro, Avery is much more of a fan of AOC than he is traditional libertarian things. But why is that important to you, Larry? We need to change this country. And look, the the only way to do it, I think, is a third party. We are the healers. We're the ones who can... When you're in trouble with somebody and you see the the, the problems, you know, throughout the world, when you're in trouble, you're the mediator. And we are a third party is the mediator. Libertarian Party is the largest third party that there is. The only people who can help to bring our country together. So I can't convert people to seeing my way if I don't talk to them. So I'm out here talking and hoping you'll see the right way and want to come towards me. 
it's like the devil's advocate party or something. <laughs> I'm not sure I like that one. Now, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. It's totally fine. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. No, I just mean for even both sides. You know what I'm saying? If you're the middle man, you feel me? Uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, no, Kelly, actually, it's good that you're on here today, too, with the news that we got. I feel, and yes, did I pick this specifically because you were here, too? Yeah. You know, you know, I don't know much about fighting stuff, but we've all, well, our worlds have collided here. Is Jake Paul, the big, huge pop culture figure on YouTube, which I don't, who, who I don't watch or anything, know much about him all, is now fighting people, uh, knocked out, like, uh, who, who was the first guy who got memed up? Who was that? Nate Robinson, a, a former NBA slam dunk champion, not much of a boxer, agreed to fight to box Jake Paul, the, the very popular YouTuber, and Jake Paul got knocked out, then Ben Askren did. So I would say, and sorry. Jake to, Paul didn't get knocked out. Nathan, yeah. That, that yeah I, I'm sorry, I said it the wrong way. Yeah, he knocked out. Uh, ben Askren and Nate Robinson. If I'm saying there's Jake Paul and then there's the other Paul, what I forget what the brother's name is. Logan. 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 Yes. Okay. So Jake Paul's the one who fought Ben Askren and Nate Robinson. But I would say this is a very capitalist type uh, thing, in that Jake Paul is making so much money. Larry, what are your thoughts on someone like Jake Paul I getting paid? I think that Jake Paul is literally going to change the boxing world. But I'm not joking when I say this. I think he is going to change the boxing world. And the reason why I say it is the person who began this, believe it or not, was Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather said, I don't care about your stupid titles and your belt. I'm about the money. I don't need you. I will go out there and just make the people want to watch me fight. And that's what he did. He didn't care if he had a belt, if he was a champion. Didn't care. And now the entire boxing world is going that way. They're not trying to become champions anymore. They're trying to get paid. That's all they care about. And the belts mean nothing. You can't even tell me who has all the belts. You don't even know when you're in the field. I know you don't because nobody knows. Because nobody cares anymore. That's the issue. They care about who can make the money. Jake Paul showed that popularity matters. And that's what, he's actually a pretty talented fighter. But besides that, he's popular. People want to watch him fight. And I will go one step further with this. It went first from Floyd Mayweather, but then it went to Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian did more for criminal justice than than Barack Obama and Donald Trump. Kim Kardashian, why? Because she's popular. And Jake Paul's going to do more for boxing. Why? Because he's the best boxer? No, because he's popular. He's going to make that bank. Popularity matters. That's perfect, actually. Because I I always heard, like, boxing is kind of dead, kind of. Like, from somebody who doesn't watch anything, I always hear boxing is losing, like, viewership and stuff like that. And all of this fighting people outside of the sport, fighting YouTube, you know, because he just got into it with Mayweather last week or whatever. Because Logan's fighting him and stuff like that. That's how boxing is going to make a comeback. And I literally literally wanted to say to Kelly, like, Kelly, would it it gross you out if somebody like Logan or Jake Paul were the face of boxing? That's crazy. Yes. Yeah, well, look look how much what Joe Rogan did for MMA. What did he do? Well, he wasn't actually boxing, but he he supported MMA. And when Joe Rogan supports MMA, it made people go towards MMA faster than they ever did before, and it made it more mainstream than ever before. Hmm. 
Yeah. yeah, I never, I never really picked Joe Rogan as a big deal in that, but I feel you. I mean, I'm probably people who look more closely. I mean, Kelly, am I wrong? Tell me if I'm off on this. Oh yeah, Joe Rogan, his involvement in the sport of oh, he M- probably, he probably uh, is like he's probably kids stuff. I don't even know. Yeah, um, Joe Rogan's Joe Rogan's involvement in MMA has been. More important, arguably, than anyone else in the history of the sport. So, yes, I agree entirely. Yep. Absolutely. But he made wow. it more mainstream than ever. Without quite, yes. See, I'm not making, you know, I was making this up, Avery. I'm not. No, I, literally, I literally was like, okay, yeah, I heard Joe Rogan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's insane. Well, I mean, Kelly, I, I'd ask, but you weren't there uh, or something. But what, um, uh, how would you feel about Jake Paul being the face of boxing now? Like, because I feel like everyone's making people are saying they will they'll refuse to do the sport. And yeah, like he should be kicked out and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, kind of great. If he becomes the face of boxing, there will be a part of me that is very pro free markets and capitalism that will love it. But the pure, the 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 pure uh, traditionalist in me. Will hate it. So you're right, Avery. There's something to that in that the best boxer out there, even if it's, you know, Canelo Alvarez or someone who does, you know, English is not their first language. I feel if they're the best boxer, they should get the most credit. But like I said, there's something inside of me that does appreciate a pure, I guess you would say, free market capitalist. Yeah, that kind of makes me think of when they say, like, Bring gay guys on the housewives. Oh yeah, like that doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, I'm like, I'm like and I'm gay. I want us to have all our, but that would ruin the show for me because I'm like, wait, this is like okay, we've already let girls who aren't actually wives be on the show, but mm-hmm. we're, we're just like, okay, men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but now the the girls, the, the girls, the women, they're young now. Uh, like the, not, the the newest people in New York, they're like thirty something. Really? Aren't they? Oh, it, in the housewives? You're talking about? Yeah, housewives of uh, New York. They're like thirty something, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they kind of try to undercut the cast with younger women. As, well. ah, as okay. you know, this, this is season thirteen. This has been going on for thirteen years. So yeah, I'm I know what they're doing. Everyone knows what they're doing. Really? Oh, okay. Know? But we will hundred percent get on those ladies. I can't. But uh, I hope you guys saw the fish part. Okay, with the fish. That we're gonna get to that. That was like the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, did y'all hear Paul Mooney bad? Yes, terrible. I saw that. Yes, I did. Oh my god, that's so tragic. His segment "Ask the Black Food" is like everything to me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did y'all just watch him on Chappelle's show? I did. I, I did. Uh, I know there was much more to him than that, though. Well, yeah, he like fucked Richard Pryor's son, so they were beefing about it. Mm. What was that you said, Avery? He banged. He banged Richard Pryor's son, and so and him and Richard Pryor were like really good friends. So, um, like he was like super salty about it. So he was like that whole situation. But, isn't there you know. isn't there a history of Richard and not that it matters, but was Richard Pryor like openly bisexual? I thought he said, I thought he, said he was gay on a television show. Oh, okay. I, I literally just saw an interview. I don't know. 
don't know him like that, but uh, now I'm, I don't miss Paul Money, but Dave Chappelle, my, one of my favorite comedians, said that he was going to make sure that he's remembered. Because we only remember him really from the Chappelle show, but I know he did so much other work. I, like, I've never seen a stand-up special from him. I can't even lie. I, I used to watch a lot of his stuff. And I, I'm a fan of Paul Money, except Paul Money, one thing I, I didn't like about him, which is why he was a better writer than he was stand-up, is he could be very self-righteous. Really? Yes. So when he was on his own, he could come across as almost negative, aggressive, and not likable. But when oh, he wow. would write for others, oh my God, he wrote some of the best stuff ever. Oh, wow. Yes. But if you, but he could be, he could come across as very unlikable because he could, he was someone be self righteous. But when he right. would write for comedians, the comedians would know how to put it out there better, and it would land perfectly. Have you have you ever seen him live at all? I mean, I don't know. I just assume since you're in New York, but I have, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He yeah. he can come across as condescending. He was. I thought he was a better writer than stand up comic myself. This br- oh, wow. brings okay. up brings I, up. An, I just assumed you were watching him on video. That's funny. You know, I, <laughs> funny. It does bring up an interesting conversation, Larry. You are a correct me if I'm wrong. A lifelong New Yorker. I am. And, you know, I'm 37 years old. Avery is, what are you, 28, Avery? Yeah. 28 years old. So, uh, Larry, you're a little bit a little bit older than both, both Avery and I. What kind of comedians did you grow up watching and appreciating, Larry? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm in my 50s. So, I still remember shows like Starsky and Hutch. Like, I can remember shows like that. I saw, like, Good Times. In real time. Like, I don't have to watch it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw Good Time. I saw The Jeffersons. Like, I watched those shows in real time. So, yeah. Which is... So, you know what? Kim Fields well. Oh, I remember Kim Fields. I remember, yes, exactly. The Fact of Life. Really? Absolutely. Yes, I remember. That, that's what I grew up on. I grew up on... I still remember having to get up, walk to the TV, and change the channel. Oh, well. Yeah, no, I, I still remember, I remember that. that too. Yeah, yeah. You saw TVs with knobs, black and white mm-hmm. TV, because like That's my right. family was broke. So even in, in the nineties, we were we still just had all the old TVs. You know what I'm yep. saying? And like wiggling the antennas and on. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> yep. I remember all those things. I remember TV going off. Like TV would end. What do you mean? Like, oh, like you had a whole schedule and then boom, TV. Yes. <laughs> yes. I remember TV that like went off like around four o'clock in the morning. It would play the national anthem, and you get static until the morning news. Wait! Oh my God, you're so yes! I do. Oh my God, I remember that too now. That is hilarious. That concludes our broadcast. Day. Yes, you remember? Yeah, yes, you do. Yes, you old yes. man. You are old man. See that? Kelly, did you have? I know. I know you're upper crusty. Um, so you probably never had a TV like that, did you? You probably always had like HD. I'm nine years older than Avery and, and Larry, just so you know, the ongoing theme is Avery's always teasing me about being, what did you describe me as just now, Avery? Upper crust. He's from Oldham County. I'm from a little <laughs> suburb outside of Louisville. So kind of a, the, the ritzy area, but I, I, th- I actually do remember that on certain televisions, they would be older yep 
older uh, uh, setups, but I, I remember, you know, if we didn't have cable, which I have experienced that, where it would go off and it would kind of just be off for the night. So, yes, I do remember that. Not often, but there I remember go. it. Uh, remember? Now, um, we get to remember when Demi Lovato was she because she has changed her pronouns to they and them. She is now gender binary. Okay. Um, listen. I already, here's my thing with Demi Lovato, you guys. I don't, sorry. I, um, I don't know if, if y'all follow her career or like her music. I highly doubt it. But I love, I, I actually do love her music. Uh, but I was never really like a super fan at all. But like, I feel like she got in so much trouble for the frozen yogurt situation that she was like, we need, everybody keeps coming out as gay or something as soon as they get a scandal. And it is, I don't know. It just really a little, it rings a little like soft to me. I don't understand that thing. Well, if you remember, there was actually a, um, there was a, a family guy episode and in the family guy episode, Quagmire's dad, um, is a trans woman. Yeah. And in, in the show, she's smoking in a bar or something. And the guy says, I'm sorry, ma'am, you can't smoke here. And she says, I'm trans. He says, oh, then do whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) And while that's a joke, that's what you're talking about. The idea that once I then decide to become trans or gay or non-binary or whatever, that all of a sudden now, well, now you can't beat me up anymore, right? So now I can do stuff and get away with stuff all of a sudden. And I, I think there is a fear that people, I mean, I, I have no idea. I don't know if she, you know, what, her personal issues, I don't know her, but yeah. I did think yeah. there is a worry that maybe people are now going, oh, wait a minute. So there's no downside to calling myself this. And there's a big upside. Oh, well, I'm this new thing. Great. I, I, I'll pretend to do this. I mean, is that, is that gender appropriation? Is that a thing? I don't even know, but I, do I get to use this too, even though I'm already out? Like, if I do some fucked up shit, I just be like, wait, I'm gay. Yeah, I like that idea. Let's oh say you're gay and, and you're good. Yeah. I've murdered five know. guys. Okay, I'm gay. Oh, sorry. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. She just, there, she just pushes a, a button for me. And no, girl, I didn't forget. You totally called out a frozen yogurt shop for having sugar-free products and trying to fuck over a small business. It's like, <laughs> it's kind of insane. But Don't you remember the, the the governor of New Jersey did it? The New governor the governor of New Jersey was in trouble for a scandal, a bad scandal. And then he oh, just yeah. came, and they just came out as gay and we forgot. So he's a gay bachelor now. Yes. And and we literally just like forgot about a scandal. Like yeah. he was he was like I was like corruption or something. He he resigned and said I have to resign because I am a gay American. That's what he said. And then we were like, oh, okay, I guess you're not Trump anymore. Okay, that's that, thanks. And he left, and we got a new governor. I was like, wow, New Jersey. That's something right there. But that's why they won't get that warm welcome, because, because there is no one more suspicious of their group more than the gays, okay? We're a self-hating bunch, okay? <laughs> and you can't just fucking come in here and use us. <laughs> ridiculous. Avery. Tell you something? Yeah, I was going to say, Avery, you're a very intelligent man, and having two 
libertarian and politically interested individuals on your show and choosing this topic, of course, is brilliant because, my God, how many different directions can we take this in? But, Larry, I'll ask you. Identity politics plays a huge, whether we want to admit it or not, but it does. I can joke about certain things on my podcast, being a straight white male, that Avery, you cannot joke, that you can, I'm sorry, vice versa. I can't joke about certain things, that Avery being a, a, a gay black male, that you can get away with certain things. And that's just reality. I'm not complaining. I'm saying it is what it is. But how... I'm literally doing it tonight. Doing tonight, what? I am going to. I'm on my show tonight that I'll be going live um, tonight. I don't know when this is going to air, but it will be uh, Friday um, when I do the show, and it's going to be talking about the the hate between the black and Asian community. And I'm going to be doing a reaction to uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's um, Red Table, Red Table Talk. And, and, I'm, and I'm doing that because what I find your point is exactly what you're talking about, Kelly. I have so many libertarians who want me to talk about race all the time. And the reason why they want me to is they say, Larry, when you talk about race, I feel comfortable. I don't feel attacked. I feel safe. I feel like I can actually ask questions and you don't blame people. And that's the issue, right? It, a good libertarian deals with race in one way. And that is, it is a systemic problem, so let's fix the system. Not a systemic problem, so white people, you're bad. And sadly, most people say, white people, you're bad. And I'm never going to say that, because I don't believe the average white person is bad at all. And how do I know that? The exact opposite of what the current far left is saying. The far left right now is saying, see, every white person who says they're not racist is a closet racist. And I say exactly the opposite. The only people who are okay being called racist are actual racists. Everyone else doesn't want to be called that because they don't like it. They don't want it. If you call the white supremacist, hey, you're a racist. He goes, yeah, and so what? You people are horrible. That's what he does because he's a racist. But if someone's not a racist, they go, what are you talking about? Don't call me that. What's going on? And we've decided as a culture that we're going to punish that person. And that is a terrible idea. I think that the, the, I'm sure that, that that's true in, in aspects, right? Where I, I come in on this, though, is the, what it actually is when we say white people are being racist or whatever, it's the, it's the willful ignorance of it all, right? So, mm-hmm. um, this word's racist, okay? We, this word's racist. We, we explain this is why it's racist. This is the history of why it's racist. This is woof, 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 right? Well, I don't care. Uh, you know, I didn't mean it that way. Sorry, bitch. Well, I mean, that's why you get caught because you choose. I explained everything to you. We try to get you to see our side, try to get you to understand, try to educate you. You choose to not listen, hear, understand. So that is why certain people get that tag because you choose to not grow or learn or understand. But here's the issue that I think you find from that is that when you actually have that conversation, it actually works because I do it all the time. I do it literally weekly. Um, So I do it all the time. Here's when it doesn't work. When you say it and while you're doing it, you're making the individual person feel racist and feel bad. Yeah, no, you've definitely got to 
talk right a hundred percent. But that's right. I yeah. definitely have those conversations too. Yep. You know, um, yeah, it's all about how you say it. And that's what I'm saying. Yes. Like, if, if they're not shaming on the left side, yeah, hundred percent we do. You know, but, uh, you know, sometimes I get caught up in a good Facebook post, okay? But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, guilty. But, um, but I don't think it's like, the uh, I don't think it's the main situation. I think it's the main reason, probably why people don't respond well. You know. But yeah, and the the problem is the people who are so aggressively the the problem that the, you know the the problem when you're so aggressively saying white people you're bad, the people who are so aggressive make white people feel bad, and then they don't want to hear anybody. Yeah, they don't want to hear anybody at that point. They're like, no, because the second I do anything. I'm punished forever. And yeah. I think a good example of that is that, that horrible case in that young, that young lady who lost her job at Teen Vogue because of something she said that was anti-Semitic like seven years ago in high school. And th- the thing that bothers me is, and this is most of you don't know about this, the, she came clean with that. Like she told her employer, look, I posted this. And I posted an apology. I was wrong. I was sorry. I was in high school. I was a kid. I didn't know any better. And the company was like, yeah, we get it. You make mistakes. Hey, you were high school kid. You said super stuff. We all did all good. They said, no worries. You came clean. You said you grew. We're good. She came on. Then it was her coworkers who turned against her. Her coworkers who said, we're going to do some, uh, some, do some checking on her to see if she's good enough. The, the Stasi secret police inside that company decided, let me go check and see, oh, she said this. And then when it came out again, she apologized again. And I'm not making any of this up. This actually happened. She's like, look, yeah, I said it. I didn't even hide it. I don't want to lie about it. I said it. It was wrong. I apologize then. I'm apologizing now. And they were like, no, you got to go. If I'm that leader, I promote her and I fire every single one of the people on my team. You're all gone. You are pieces of shit. You're horrible people. To hell with you all. You're all fired. And I would blacklist all of them because that is the kind of horrible human being that none of us should be. You just talked about it, Avery, and you're right. People should see when they make mistakes. They should try to grow. But why would they when you punish them forever? Yeah, you are literally like creating people who will double down no matter what, and I don't want that. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't like cancel culture. Like, I'm literally doing comedy until I get canceled. Right? There's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's plenty of reasons. If you go back on my Twitter or Facebook or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But, it, I mean, I feel like I've been doing comedy my entire life, you know what I'm saying? Or attempting it in some form or fashion or trying to entertain people in general. They're ju- You know what I mean? Like, so for me, I just, uh, I already know, but yep. I definitely don't agree with that. Joke is a joke is a joke. And yep. you know, I, I don't know. I, trust me, you're preaching to the choir. I love that. See what you did, Kelly? That's all your fault. Got us all going. <laughs> uh, no, I will say that I did. Okay. So my thing on the non, non-binary thing, I don't know much about that entire situation, you know, as a member of the LGBT community. You know, it did make me think, like, okay, because this is, this is probably this is where I'm going to get canceled, right? Um, so, I don't understand the they and them because it's a plural situation. So, that, like, the other stuff, 
I, I can more so wrap my head around. This does, even for me, I, it's a little more difficult for me to understand, and I, I'll claim ignorance on that. But, um, like, I, I personally just feel I don't understand. <laughs> you know, well, I think the, the place that the thing that bothers me so much about this is that so many people are taking their gender as a critical part of their identification. That shows an unhealthy culture in general. That's yeah. how you get toxic masculinity, right? Because I'm a man over everything. Or that's how you get people who are so worried about you, you have to, if you don't call me by my pronouns, it's violence or that kind yeah. of thing. And um, none of that is real. Say it again? They say that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I remember someone actually saying, I'm not calling a trans person by the right pronoun is violence. And what I'm saying is, should you call a trans person by the right pronoun? Of course. Yeah. I, no problem. Of, of course. It's just not violence. There's a difference, That's, a level. It's insensitive. The yes. they and them is more difficult, though, for me. Only it is. Like, how, that is so hard. That is hard. It is hard. And the problem is because it has to change our habits. Right? And I learned this when I was in the Marine Corps. When I was in the Marine Corps, I was in the Marine Corps in the 80s. And I was on the ground side. So there were no women. Right now, there are some women in the, in the ground side, but there was none then. So my first job at 17 years old, until I was in my 20s, was male-dominated in every way, shape, or form. My language was very misogynistic, but it wasn't because I was trying to hurt or denigrate women. That wasn't the reason behind it. It was because it's all I knew. I had bad habits. That was the environment I I was raised in. Now, I don't do that now anymore. I recognize it's wrong. As I talked before, when you make, when you see things that are bad, you should try to change. And I did. And my language is nowhere near as misogynistic as it was in the past. I sometimes do mess up and, and fall into masculine language patterns. It does happen sometimes. But when I do it, I usually notice it and correct it because I know I should be more inclusive in my language. But my point is, I was doing it not because I was a bad guy. I was doing it because there's just bad habits. And a lot of people have to break bad habits. And if we aren't tolerant enough to give them a chance to break bad habits, eventually they're just not going to care. And we're going to lose our allies. Literally, no, bro, I shit you not. The only time I've ever met a non-binary person, I was working at Speedway in Lexington, and um, they were a cashier with me, right? Yep. And, well, whatever. Um, but, you know, this is my first running ever, first time ever experience, and, you know, they explained it, and I couldn't get it, and yep. What was upsetting me is they were literally getting mad at me. Yes, because I wasn't doing it every time. Like, and and also it was a situation where they would literally switch. So some days they would want to be she, but some days they would want to be he. So you have to be. So at a, at a point I was like, you know what? I'm just calling you your name, or like, and and yes, you know, that's I, yes. Like I'm just not Like I'm not. Yeah. No, and that's my point. And now, clearly, you and many other people, too, and, and me to a certain extent, have a little bit of a bad taste in our mouth over it. So while we won't be anti, we're also not going to be pro. We're just yeah. going to leave them alone. We're just like, I got, I got nothing. I don't care what happens to you. I'm walking away. And I think that's... Yes. 
sorry, it makes me think of a Chappelle show when he's like, you know, the L's, the B's, and the G's, and the T's, and the, you know, T's are making things take a little bit longer or whatever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I literally, like, I, I be thinking about it because I'm like, see, you know, it's easier for people to wrap their mind around, okay, this guy's so sick, or this woman doesn't, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And then we get to the transgender stuff, and it is just, you know, we gotta, like, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's so funny. Absolutely. 100%. I, I think it is. It's difficult, but I. What's going to be required here is patience. Yeah, no, I just don't. Um, That's the issue. Can, can I mention something, Avery? Can I ask a question? Yeah. yeah. Larry and I, Avery, I'm very sorry to sabotage the episode here, but Larry, can you explain to our listeners what is the non non aggression principle and why is it associated with the Libertarian Party and how does it apply to the identity politics thing. The non-aggression principle means that it is immoral or wrong to initiate any type of violence except in self-defense or in defense of someone else who is being attacked or hurt or their rights are being violated or something like that. The only time that violence is appropriate, right? To stop a threat, that's the only reason why. And government is also considered violence. Because every law and every rule, at the end of it, is a guy or a gal with a gun who's going to put you in a cage. And if you don't want to go in that cage, eh, they're probably going to shoot you. So or everything, the only time we should use violence is only in defense of life or liberty or property or something like that. That's what it's about. So when it comes to someone who is you know, gay or uh, any member of what I call the GSM, the GSM community is the gender or sexual minority community. Anyone who's a member of, of the GSM community, any member, are they hurting you? No. Are they taking your property? No. Are they taking your rights? No. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. In fact, defend them if someone is trying to take their rights. Defend them if someone's trying to harm them. Right? That's the non-aggression principle. Now, it doesn't mean I can't have an opinion. I can say, eh, I don't like that guy, or hey, I don't understand that, or whatever, these people are nuts. I can do any of those things if I want to, as long as I am not in any way hurting them, and I'm not allowing others to hurt them. That's an aggression principle. Okay, that's nice, but like, you're still going to make my face if... Um I'm like, it is. Say it again? <laughs> no, I'm like, yeah, but you're still going to make my cake if, uh, you know, uh, I want to get married. Okay. Larry, well, the way the, the non-aggression yeah. principle would work with that, right, in that, in that case would be two things. One, if I advertise cakes for sale, whatever, cakes for sale, chocolate cakes for sale, whatever, here's the cake I have for sale, and you come in to my bakery and you want that cake. And you go, I'm gay, and it's for a gay wedding. I go, okay, great, here's the cake, right? I, sh I must, and this is a libertarian world, not legally, I'm telling you in the non-aggression principle world, not legally. The non-aggression principle world, I would say, okay, um, I have agreed to put my cake into the public domain, and someone has decided that they would like to purchase the cake. Okay, you take the cake. But then you say, Larry, um, you're the baker, and I now want you to subscribe. I mean, right on that cake, um, happy wedding, you know, Bob and Avery, 
you know, happy gay marriage. You want me to put that? And I can say if I want to, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I'm not doing that. You cannot take my labor that I didn't already agree to, to do that. That is what the non-aggression principle would say. You can purchase the cake. Absolutely. You can take the cake. Anyone can. But you can't force my labor on something that I would feel negative. And, and I know what you're going to say. Well, that's horrible. But look at the reverse. Again, the old, the Jewish baker, right? The Jewish baker and a guy with an armband comes in. He's a Nazi. He says, hey, horrible Jewish person. Give me the cake. The Jewish baker must go, you know what? The cake's out front. Take the cake. He says, yeah, put I hate all the Jews. They should all burn to hell on my cake. The Jew can go, no, I'm not saying that. Have a nice day. You got the cake. Have a nice day, Nazi. Go away. That is the equivalent in a world that is run under the non-aggression principle. Now, that's not how it works legally now. So, again, that was not how it works legally. I'm telling you how that would work in a non-aggression principle world. Yeah, I gave him the option a little bit. But, you know, in this scenario, I feel what you're saying. I was like, eh, a sexual orientation versus a group of people that like full of genocide. I don't know. I don't know. Well, then you, you could do it, but then you'd have to have a specific law that would say religion doesn't matter, but gender does, or something like that. That would be, so you would then be saying things like, all right, what kind of property is it? Is it a mutable property? Yeah. Is it not an immutable property? Right. So you could do it, but you'd have to have the, a specific law that would make sense. And we don't have that right now. It's not really, it's not really clear. Sorry, sorry for sabotaging. Yeah, sorry for pointing this in that that direction. I like the conversation, though. No, we do. It's totally fine. I'm sorry, we were on the pronoun situation. Um, um, Larry, I have a question. Okay. Um, Have you ever seen Housewives before, and have you ever met any of these women in the New York City chat? Yes, yes to both. Oh my God, tell me everything. Say everything, please. Um, I have watched the show. I used to watch it when it first came out. What's it, like 10 years old or something like that? I don't know how many years ago it was. So I used to watch it when it first came out. Um, And the housewives that I met, I don't think they're on the show anymore. Jill Barron, I'm sure. Yes, thank you. Yes, it was Jill. Yes. Yeah, Jill knows everything. Yeah, Jill's like a, uh, she's, you know, I'm a people collector. You know, she's actually, yeah, okay. Because because, um, I used to do a lot of work in my day job in the real estate um, world, specifically commercial real estate was most of my, many of my clients were in commercial real estate before the crash of 2009. So I would do a lot of networking in real estate events and I would find the housewives would be networking in those areas. Yeah. So I would often find them. I, I would, my, 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 believe it or not, my actual office was kind of the Upper West Side. It was on 59th and, I'm sorry, 50, yeah, 59th and 3rd Avenue, which is right by the Upper, right by the, uh, upper East Side right there. So, yeah, I often would do networking in that area, see people there. I did some work for some nonprofits, and I would meet some of them there, here or there. They'd pop up here or there. But we never had any long conversations. I wasn't yeah. exciting enough for them, right? right. And, and the thing that most of them know is, the, the people with the cameras are around them all the time and they will very often shoo you away if you aren't the right person. 
Yeah, I know. I thought that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so like they'll shoo you away. Like, so if you're not the, the oh, you're not this person, they, they shoo you away because that's wasted film. Wow. Because they film 24-7. The entire show is all about editing. They you, get this all the time. Do you remember any of the, um, any of the conversations? Were there anything of, of, to, to mention or anything like that? Yeah, grossly superficial. They were all plastic. I love it. That's so great. Oh, they were all plastic. They're everything I thought they would be. I'm sure you met Bethany, right? Um, I, I mean, do. Yeah, I do. I actually, of all of them, I actually had the most respect for her. Yeah, she is. She eight, she started the show with $8,000, you know, created the skinny girl margarita, you know, sold it to Jim Beam for a hundred plus million or whatever. And she, I think she is like one of the richest housewives ever. Uh, yes. But I knew her marriage was going to fail. If there's no tomorrow, I could just tell. Oh, I mean, yeah, we got to keep Bethany ever after. Okay. <laughs> you know, she's yeah. just in, that, that, in the, that, that her divorce was, about ten years ago, it just she just got divorced. They yeah, like ten years ago. That's crazy. How I can take that long. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the the biggest issue is there was no. She just wanted a baby. No, I'm sure. And, and she would remember if you if you have a baby and you're divorced, that is socially better than you having a baby and never being married. What having a baby and never being married? Yes, socially. Yeah, remember, yeah. they're socialites, right? So they yeah, care right. about the social stigma of these things that matters to them. So it is socially better to, to have the baby then after that get divorced than to have a baby and not be married. Yeah, she, yeah, she was. So she was concerned about the social stigma because she was on the housewives. See, I didn't have even thought of that. I mean, yeah, because that's so commonplace for, like, you know, being born out of wedlock. What? That's strange. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not for the average American. Many Americans are born out of wedlock. That's not a strange at all for the average American. But for the New York City socialites, yeah, that's what the riffraff is. Oh, I feel you. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah, for that, 100%. For, for that group that she was in, that's what the riffraff do. We don't do that. That's what they do. Oh my God. You can't get married till you find a man. You find a man, you don't care if he's a good man or not because you're not going to keep him. So it's really irrelevant. So you just get a man, you get pregnant, and then you dump him, which is what she did. Oh my Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Bethany, I, she's one of my favorite housewives, but I understand like her, that she's a, she's a mess and a monster kind of too. But mm-hmm. I feel like to be good at business, you kind of got to have to be, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean... It kind of makes sense, but um, well, the other thing is she wasn't going to care about her husband. It was it wasn't like she actually wanted to care about her husband at first. They definitely seemed in love at first, like from the first season I saw him and all that stuff. Like they definitely seemed on the up and up. But I mean, I feel like our relationship could go bad. Maybe she didn't like. I mean, who's to say she's predetermined? You know, because what what. She portrayed on the show, and you know, portrayed is obviously the yeah. Top of the work <laughs> yeah. Here, and is that it? She just wanted it all. You know, she didn't think she could have the get rich and have the business and get the guy. You know what I'm saying? So it was and like she a was right. Situation. And yeah, she yeah. was right. <laughs> she was 100 percent correct. That's how that works. Yes. The, the the problem is, it's always fairy tale when you start. Come on, now you've been in relationships before. It's always yeah. fairy tale when it starts. And then you got to be the reality of, oh, here's the actual grind. Here's the grind of life. 
And if you don't have a good relationship when the grind of life, you're finished. Yeah. Now, uh, people Kelly, people ask me all the time about that. I'm sorry, uh, ahead, Kelly. How, how, far did, sorry, how far did you get in, Kelly? I saw season 13, episode one. I pretty much saw the whole thing. I was very impressed being that I, I don't watch the show regularly, but I was impressed with how petty and just how predictably, I guess you can say shallow, all the characters are. I love it. Yeah, yeah. See, it was a, I feel bad because, you know, it's the season opener, so they usually have a lot of setup, so it wasn't like an action type episode I got for you guys, so I apologize for that. But um, but there were definitely a few moments in there I thought were pretty hilarious. Like, so you got to see New York during COVID, where uh, a place that's usually packed is completely empty. Yeah. Right? That's kind of cool. It's kind of interesting. Uh, I'm sure you were there, Larry. So I bet it was yeah, I've already seen it, so not not impressive for me. <laughs> well, okay, for me. Okay. Um, I live there, so yeah, not impressive you, for me. Did you ever meet Ramona? She's she's apparently the worst. But yes, I actually met her too. Um, she, she she literally smiled directly at me, nodded her head, and then within half a second looked someplace else and ignored me. Yes, oh my God, Ramona is the worst. She everybody who meets her has like the worst. And so she is hilarious. Yeah, so she if, she could not have been a faker. Is yeah, this- oh no. Is, is this the lady that's consistent with the non-binary conversation? Is this the lady who in the episode announced that she is converting to being Jewish? No, oh, no, no, that's Leia. a good one. Definitely. Uh, Could Leia be more broken? Oh, my God, what a broken person. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, Leah, so she, uh, so she, when she said, you know, uh, I I went through COVID and I decided, you know, I, I just felt the need to become Jewish. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I was thinking, you know, COVID, I should become a Jew. That's what it is. That's what it's. But, yes, I the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, girl, you. This is your second season. You were, you were like, okay, what's a good story? Like, yeah, exactly, 100. Yes. And, but no, but I love, I love the. You know, she has to do the right thing or whatever, and then the selfishness that came right from it was literally, I could taste it. She calls her dad up and goes, yes. hey, dad, I'm a Jew now. You got to forgive me. And he's yes. like, what are you talking about? She's like, come on, dad. How come you don't love me? Forgive me. See, I'm doing the right stuff. You got to forgive me. He's like, no, I don't. <laughs> okay, I'm not a Jew. I'm a Catholic. I don't got to forgive you. And she, she was mad at him. Yeah, because people want that right then, right, right there. They want, yeah, I mean, trust me. That's why I don't. Like, whenever I have arguments with people, like, some people are, if they get mad, they need time type of yep. shit. No, if I'm, I, we need to handle it right now because I'm going to have anxiety. I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't want to figure that we need to squash it right now. Right now. <laughs> uh, you but, see Sonya trying yeah. to shave her, uh, talk about the thing where she shaved her vagina or whatever. That's actually a famous line from that. I don't remember that one, no. She had, a, she had slippers in the beginning. <laughs> I caught that I part. I did hear that part. I saw it. Uh, yeah. She, 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 Sonya's, um, do you know who Sonya Morgan is? Like, in general, like, I'm sure you know J.P. Morgan Chase and all that yeah. stuff. So she was married to him. They got divorced because, you know, apparently she was cheating or what. I don't know exactly what, you know, people just say different things. But, um, 
you know, it's just really sad with her on the show because the years that she's been doing it, like she can't let it, I mean, she has kids with them. She still has the last name. She still talks like she's in the family, still uses the, the, the Morgan China. Still, you know what I'm saying? Like she can't, that, that, the level of rich they were was so extravagant. And now, you know, she's doing bankrupt. And she's living a totally different life that she can't get over being that rich. So Yeah, yep. It's kind of crazy to see her on the show, like in the trip she does. I bet. Yeah, she's but she, she's also a bad person, though. Yeah, well, I mean, technically, I guess by definition, but yeah, yeah, she kind of is. She's kind of a bad person. She kind of is. Why, Larry? Why? Yeah. She, why is she a bad person? Um, because of her selfishness. Right. That that is how I. That's how I designate it. Right. I designate it by that. They are so self-absorbed. They learn nothing from their mistakes. Um, they don't try to improve themselves in any way. Other people suffer from their errors, and they make no attempt to repair them. They take no responsibility for any errors they make. They make no take no responsibility to repair the damage they've done. And the the show doesn't help. The show just makes them worse. It rewards their bad behavior, so they double and triple down on it. And that's what I think makes you a bad person. Not you make a mistake. We all make mistakes. We all screw up. That's a guarantee. But the question is, do you go, well, so what? Why can't you forgive me? Well, whatever. I don't care. If that's who you are, you're a bad person. Now, Avery, you're going to hate me because I'm going to continue to take this in libertarian directions. But, but Larry, you are, I would say, one of the top spokespeople for the Libertarian Party. And many of the critics, I would say in particular... On the far left, critics of the Libertarian Party would oftentimes say libertarians are selfish. Thoughts on that? Absolutely not true. 100% not true. It's not even close. It's not even close. I mean, if you look at the amount of people who are giving money, you look at the, the many of them would lean libertarian because they believe in charity. They believe that individuals will always do better, that communities will always do better than government. It's just, it's just that makes them feel good, right? Because they care, libertarians care about individual rights. So that, oh, you're selfish to care about individual rights, not group rights. No, I think if you get strong individual rights then the group by themselves is actually helped more than anything else. If, if I get, I'll give you the crazy example of this. And that is um, two of the most powerful and effective black civil rights leaders, arguably two of the most powerful were Malcolm X, and Harriet Tubman, both libertarian, in every way you can imagine. Libertarian, any way you can imagine. They, they cared about black pride, black people doing better, um, black people making money, black Wall Street, libertarian, right? Killer Mike did a show on Netflix a couple years back, and one of the things he mentioned in one of the shows, he was trying his best to be able to live off of only black-owned businesses for a day in Atlanta, a very black city as far as cities go. And he couldn't do it. He literally couldn't do it. And he went as far as to say, to be clear, I'm not advocating for this. I am simply repeating what he said. He said um, that there were some advantages to segregation because at least there had to be black businesses because black people couldn't go to white ones. That is how far he went with that. Libertarians are always about the little guy individual people trying to grow and be strong, entrepreneurship, far more David than Goliath. 
And if you want any of the minority groups in any, in any nation to grow, you have to create far more Davids than Goliaths because the Goliaths are always part of the majority of whoever rules that nation. Look at that man. <laughs> sorry, Avery. I, I keep taking it that direction. We got Larry Sharp here. I'm sorry. That's what I got. Yeah, I, 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 go. I didn't even know we thought they were something. No, that, that <laughs> is. My friends on the far left would oftentimes say, and, and I have not heard you call me. You have not, Avery. I would consider you to be on the on the left for sure, but I, you've never referred to libertarians as being selfish. But for the record, that is a common criticism. Yeah, I mean everybody can be selfish in ways. Uh, I mean, you know, I, there's something I'd say, something I would. I mean, that's pretty common. Uh, but Larry, I do want to know about the Upper East Side. Luann's back in the Upper East Side. Uh, yep. I don't know anything about that town or what that's like. Is that a huge deal for somebody to go? Yeah, Upper East Side is one of the richest, oldest. Of, like the the Koch brothers live there. The Rockefellers live there. What? Yes. Luann is with the Polk brothers, sure. That, no, that's the area, the wealth level that I'm talking about. Wow. The wow. wealth level is that area. Like, again, the Rockefellers live there, the Koch brothers live there, and any level of, 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 of high wealth will live usually in the Upper East Side. Wealthy people in general can also live in the Upper West Side. But, the, you know, that's, that's the nouveau riche. That's the people who, like, you know, um, they made their money you know, on Wall Street or something. They would go Upper West Side. But the old money, that, the old school money, that's all Upper East Side. I love that. Okay, okay. Well, because Lou was, you know, we, we learned about her. She has like a drunk past, you know. Well, okay, yep. she was the Countess Luanda herself, you know, married to the town, helped build the Panama Canal and the Suez Canal and all that stuff. Um, and she was like a famous, like, Italian TV star and stuff. You know, she's been on the show. Now she's been like, arrested and had some alcohol issues or like she got drunk and went into the wrong, someone's wrong hotel room and refused to leave. So she swore it with her type shit. You know, it's uh, like she, she's been having problems for a while, but you know, she's going non-alcoholic now has a non-alcoholic rosé. Okay. Which I don't, I don't, I think you should make non-alcoholic stuff. I don't, that's the gateway, right? I mean, just say fuck it then. All I'm saying is I am actually, I just hope it's real. I like the idea that someone of her stature will come out and say, you know, at one point enough is enough, right? I got a problem and I got to fix my problem that I like. The question is, is it real? I don't know if it's real or storyline for the show. I well, she hope said, it's I'm real. I'm not drinking for now. Or, yeah, she said, I'm not drinking right now. I totally heard that and I was like, okay, that's what that means. Okay. I, I mean, she, I'm sure if she feels like she wants to, she will. But then, yeah, she was talking later about how it just affected her life. She, she, does, she doesn't like what she blasts out and doesn't know. Yeah, and I guess at 50, that is cute, isn't it? I know, it's not, right? She do that? She probably shouldn't be doing that. I don't. I'm square. I don't drink at all. I'm square. You don't just, okay, Kelly. All right. I, I don't drink at all. I'm square. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. The Mormons well, got me yeah, because, you know, the Mormons dr don't drink caffeine. I do use coffee. That's my only drug. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I'm totally square. Okay. Okay. Bad bitch. Uh, but I am happy that other people want to do what they want to do. Look, I, I don't judge anybody 
for engaging in any activity that they enjoy in their life. If that, if it gives you joy or happiness, you should do it as long as you're not hurting anybody else. Good on you. Yeah, I, um, uh, I enjoy my vodka. There we go. So, um, um, she, 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 Luanne realized she lived across from her ex-husband. No, she didn't. That's a lie. Yeah, the dude, the dude Tom that they were talking about on the balcony, she could see his balcony from her balcony. Yeah, that's a lie. She totally knew that. Oh, she knew he was there 100%? Oh, of course she did. Come on now. Okay, okay, I guess you're right. You're right. There, you're there's right, you're right. no way that you are going to rent an apartment in that area. If she's renting or buying or she bought or not, if she's renting, she's dropping at least eleven grand a month renting. Yeah, you're if right. She's she renting. Has, she has video on the yeah. balcony. Hundred percent. on the balcony. Okay, yeah. <laughs> if she if she's buying, then that's at least a seven million dollar apartment. At least, if she's buying, so she's either paying at least eleven grand a month in rent, or she dropped you know seven million dollars by the apartment. You're telling me you buy the apartment, you didn't check the view. Oh my god, You didn't grand. check the view. That's disgusting. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Of course you're you like one of the main, but yeah, you're so right. You're yep. right. You're right. Larry, I'm glad you're here. Yep. Uh, no doubt we knew. No doubt. <laughs> Amy, if you're going to drop that kind of cash on a place you're to right. live, you're, right. you're, right. you're not going right. to check your view? You're like, well, whatever. I don't care. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe that's why she said, she's like, I know we have to go to the Regency if the lights are on. So maybe yeah. just keep them close keep so she knows. You know, I can understand mm-hmm. that. Um, that, remember, that, we yeah. have our first black housewife of New York. Yes. Okay. Yes, we um, have some. Uh, yeah, you guys might call it pandering. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, they finally decide. Usually, the franchises are all separate. You know, they have their black franchises, they have their white franchises. Usually, you know, there's a couple. Obviously, you know that you know Atlanta had one white girl from the very beginning. I remember she was like a rapper or something. I remember. Yes, yes, party for the party. And, uh, uh, yeah, so this is New York's first time mixing races. So we got Ebony Williams. Um, and she's a lawyer, a broadcaster. Um, you know, she, she had like some headlines for something she said on Fox News, I saw. Um, what, what did you guys think of Ebony and, and how she came off on the show? Um, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that they focused so much on her race. Mm. Really? Yes. Why? I, I think that good. I don't like I don't like them focusing so much on it. I wanted her just to be regular bad like all the rest. <laughs> right? That's all I wanted. Yeah, but she, you know, you know, a platform like that, you do have a sort of a responsibility, especially with the the social justice things that are going on right now. I think it's she's very gonna look important. terrible no matter what. Right? I mean, no, that's she, what it's about. She will, but not for those reasons. You feel what I'm saying? Like, she's going to look bad for some other shit she does, but this is going to yeah. be the thing that gets her her life to leak. You know, like, for instance, Portia Williams, okay, on Atlanta. Yep. She, I am a Kenya Morrison. We're in Atlanta right now for my show. Um, so, if, but if I saw Portia, would I clean out? Absolutely. But, um, you know, Kenya, I'm a fan of her. They've always had issues since they've been on, so I've never really liked Portia. Portia came to Louisville, got arrested twice for Breonna Taylor. 
uh, made part of Real Housewives of Atlanta this year. This big social justice situation, Black Lives Matter. No, 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 no that's different. That that is not what Ebony did at all. If you tell me she's doing that, I'm in. Ebony she was, she was just, talking about the things she's doing uh, for the black community, and she was like, Ebony. No, uh, mm, she was explaining stuff to the girl. She had moments where she explained, like, uh, what, uh, wait, hold on, where is it? I, I, I learned what, about Sag Harbor. And Sag Harbor, absolutely, knew, yes. I never knew about that. I yep. learned something today from her. Sag Harbor was the first place to No, 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 that, that, that I'm sorry. Harbor. I was not clear. I, let me go back here, let me defend myself, because I misspoke. Or okay. I just miscommunicated. It's not her I was worried about. It was them. Oh, the white they person. made it about race. The fish thing. That's what I'm saying. Yes. The fish thing. Yes. The I, thing I was not life. clear on that. And let me restate because I was I misspoke. Or maybe I miscommunicated. I didn't mean her. I okay, meant okay. them. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't know. Yeah, Ebony, you know, I think she's doing a good thing. But no, Sonia, when she brought her to the fish and said, look, like, don't know this, but it's like, look, I have all these different color fish in here. Yes. You know, I have black ones, orange, uh, every color, you know, big ones, small ones. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that? Like, uh, I don't know. I just, I really did fall over laughing on it. I paused it and everything. <laughs> very good. That's very uh, good. Yes. That's my point, right? I, yeah. That is exactly my point. That's what they, they, meaning they made it a, a lot about race, right? Yeah. They did. And your I, biggest worry, though, you're, you're doing a show like that, right? It's been one way forever. You have a, a new person of color coming on the cast, and uh, maybe for them that that's something that they. I mean, like I said, we're in times right now, right? Right. I feel like you know they're probably very cognizant that that could be the issue, and nobody wants to have the issue with the blind girl since she comes on the show, all right? Yeah, but I mean, I do have to hyper focus a little, bit, a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's a huge deal. But I don't want it to be. Is my point? Yeah. Right. Now, I don't. I don't want it to be a huge deal. I. I want her to be able to be just as bad as the rest of them, yeah. regardless of the color of her skin. You know. That, so yeah. that's my point. I didn't want it to be that way. I get it. I'm not. I'm not yeah. surprised. But I would have rather been like, oh, just another housewife we can now look at and laugh at. And great, she happens to be a woman of color. Nice. That's what I wanted to happen. But I totally get why I didn't. No, I, yeah, okay, okay. It definitely makes a little more sense to me now, 100%. I, yeah, um, that's what I was saying. Do you, did you guys uh, see when Leah was talking about the whole pita chip situation, how she spent the nudes with a pita, with a pita covering her snatch, and he shared it with friends, but accidentally sent it to her? I'm not sure it was accidental. He, he sent it back to her by accident? I'm not sure it was an accident, is what I'm saying. Really? I'm not sure. Because he, he basically said, in, in, if I remember right, he basically said, you know, she, she's ready to get down dirty. And that's meant to her. So what does that mean? He wanted to know if that was true or not. Did she uh, stay with him? She did. Which means now he knows what she's saying. Look, if, if I don't, res- if, if I'm a guy like him who doesn't respect her, clearly, mm-hmm. he doesn't respect her. 
So why would he go out with her? Because he wants to get in her pants. Yeah. So what does he do? He sends the, the note to his friend and her. If she doesn't respond or gets angry, well, then good. I was never going to get in her pants anyway. Nice. Oh, my God. You guys are... Oh, my God. You, have you done this? I refuse to answer under the grounds of the First Fifth Amendment of the United States Constitution. My rights to not incriminate myself. Uh, so, so what I'm saying, though, but if she responds, then she's down. You know what's going on. She's worth my time. That is the most horrific thing I've ever heard in my life. Which is why I'm saying I am unsure it was a mistake. That is so funny. Kelly, do you, have you done that? No, no comment. <laughs> no comment, see? No comment. Thank you. No comment. Because he knows that's something that men would do. Um, <laughs> now, um, uh, she said, she, Leah said that she, like, has, like, stupid reasons for breaking up with people, but I felt her on this, like, you know, like, they couldn't, her and Ebony were talking, talking about how they couldn't take deuces in front of their partners. Not even that. And she said she broke up with somebody who farted in front of her. And I was really like, yeah, farts aren't funny. I don't want people who think that that's funny. That's just not funny. Um, that's like every male ever, just about. Like 90% of males are like, that's funny. Most kind of are. There's, there's literally fart jokes. That's like a thing. Like fart jokes are a thing. Yeah, I just can't. I personally can't do it. But, but um, I, it's, oh god, toilet humor. Uh, there we go. But but that's the thing. I'm just saying. You're saying it's the worst, but it exists. Ugh. Um, uh, Sonia's townhouse, her Upper East Side townhouse. She, she said she's selling it for literally ten dollars. Okay, I was I was literally gonna say, Larry, are you looking for? I may go get one. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> she's desperate. Clearly. Um, oh, did you like her intern? Okay, so ever since the from the jump, Sonia has had an internship since she started the show, which, and no one knows what her interns do, so I'm glad she broke it down. But, you know, I teach the dishwash, the dishwasher and have yeah. a garden and, and to do a proper bubble bath. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but they're learning to do this. Yeah. No, no. I'm given the opportunity to be on a TV show. Yeah. That's yeah, the internship. I'm giving you an opportunity credit. to be on a TV show. Yes, for college credit. That's what you're doing. You're doing actual work. I'm giving you a chance to be on a TV show. And some of the kids are like, oh, I want to be on a TV show. Done. You're hired. That's how that works. Uh, sorry. Uh, we're also going back to the venue as I'm talking. So. No, that's uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to have to get out of here soon, Avery. Yeah, yeah, No, I'm, I'm almost done, actually. Okay, um, anyway, okay, Sonya's upset about her, her business deal falling through over. I actually felt sorry for her on that. I did. Because I've had that happen to me, right? I've, I've done big deals and I've watched them collapse, particularly in 2008, 2009 when the crash hit. I had several big deals that were supposed to close and none of them did. And it devastated me. So I definitely, I, I had empathy for her on that. It's like, why would the company sign a deal with you if they were in a financial situation? No, they probably, what happens is they thought their funding was going to come through, and it didn't. Oh, okay, because I'm like, that would make, why would they even make yeah. a deal? Yeah, no, many times companies are trying to set things forward and things at the same time, right? So do I want to fund 
your company. Well, while we're talking about funding, I want to show that I'm still doing business. So I go ahead and sign a deal with someone from the Real Housewives, which now makes the, or in theory makes the bankers or the financiers feel safer with their investment. So that's what they're offering at the same time, right? Why do I want to invest my money in you if you can't get a deal done? Right? Yeah. Down it. So they're trying to get deals done while they're trying to raise money. So they probably thought, oh, we'll sign this deal. It'll start moving forward. They'll see we're still making money. Our finance monies will come in. We'll be safe. And the yeah. financing fell through. And then the other big campus. That's horrible. And Sonia is trying to like get back on top. You know, she's a drug mess, but just try. Um, yeah. Ebony, Ebony split up with her man during COVID because she found out that she didn't like him, which I feel like there's a lot of divorces during this whole situation. Yes, indeed. Um, and did you, I mean, I guess we can pretty much end with, because most, like I said, this episode's mostly just a setup for everything. Um, so they're giving us clips when the girls are hanging out, you know, they're all getting to know each other and meet each other and it's showing us what's about to happen here in a couple of weeks or whatever, when they start, you know, going at it. Uh, did you guys watch the in trailer, like the upcoming situation? I did not. What happened? Uh, all kinds of fuckery, to be honest. I mean, they, they end up painting this dude naked, which is funny, but, um, you know, just a bunch of drama and fights. It's, it's, I mean, Season 13 is going to be a good season. New York, honestly, always comes through. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah. That, you guys, your people are great, Larry, okay? I'm and not sure about that, but okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't like your, I don't like your tow truck drivers ever since I worked for um, Allstate, but other than that, I don't okay, know. Okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, we can go ahead and wrap up. It's fine. Um, so thank you, Larry, so much for coming. I appreciate it. Of course. Um, and of course, thank you, Kelly, for watching and actually doing it. Appreciate yeah, it. yeah, no problem. It's a quick summary. If anyone listening is interested in hearing more about Larry Sharp, once again, Larry, they can check out your show and support you. They can just Google Larry Sharp. I am everywhere, my friend. Just Google Larry Sharp. I mean, as long as it's Larry Sharp with an E, we're good. All right. And Kelly, uh, what about your stuff? Go ahead and plug it one more time. The Kelly Patrick Show. Search for Kelly Patrick, the guy who covers MMA in the state of Kentucky and the surrounding states. That's me, Kelly Patrick. Thank you very much for having me on, Avery. No problem, you guys. Thanks again. All right, right, guys. Have Uh, a great night. Yeah. We end end the show a special way, okay? Okay. Oh, oh my God. All right. So on the count of three, we say suck a dick. Oh, my okay. God. All right. Are you ready for this? There's always, are, you, are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm not saying it, but I'm ready for it. Go ahead. <laughs> what you know, sir? Oh, my God. We're up to three people who haven't said it. There we go. He, he's but added to this. So masculine. Okay, Kelly, ready? <laughs> One, two, three. Suck, Suck a dick. Okay. Larry, Larry, thank you. You are an amazing sport, Larry. Thank you very much. Thank you, my friend. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.